0: Hello everybody and welcome back for the first time in a long time to Roar Lions Radio, the Puck Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Nick Pollock, and I'm joined today by the one, the only, the amazing, the stupendous, the spectacular Doug Leeson. Doug, it has been so long. How
1: are you? Wow, Nick. I feel, you know, I feel really good. It has been a while, hasn't it?
0: It has. It's been way too long. It it's hurt my heart a little bit how long it's been.
1: Yeah. In the last, in the last two or so years, you know, I moved from Pennsylvania to Mississippi to Tennessee, back to Pennsylvania. So I'm back in a hockey mood back to a, get back to Penn state hockey.
0: Yeah. Doug was doing a, Doug was just doing some recon for us on Mississippi state while Joe Moorhead was there. That's, that's all that was.
1: Exactly. I I go where the tutties go and now I'm back. (laughs) Well, Instead
0: of tutties today, as you can imagine, we're back because it's time for hockey. Somehow, some way. I, I feel like you kind of just I mean, we, we all we knew that the schedule was coming at some point, but what was it like a week ago? They were just like, Oh hey, yeah, you're playing hockey in two weeks.
1: I think it was about, yeah, less less than a week ago. At the end of last week, they said, All right, Thursday, November nineteenth, uh, Penn State, Minnesota. Get ready, time to go. Yeah,
0: what a game to start off with too. And we'll we'll get to that, but you know. Before, before we really start talking about nitty gritty specifics of the schedule, I think we need to talk about the team in general first, because there is a lot of change from this year's roster from last year's roster to this year's roster. Um, And there's a lot of a lot of really high profile and household names to replace. And I, I don't know, I think I think we should go ahead and talk about that. What do you
1: think? I think that sounds good. We got a brand new team to talk about. So, yeah. let's let's get into it.
0: All right. Well, you know, as as you know, as you probably know if you're listening, Penn State's going to open the season ranked number 9 in the country, and that's actually the team's highest ever preseason ranking, which is definitely worth celebrating, but is interesting and maybe just speaks more to the kind of the state of the country and the state of college hockey in general because at least on paper this certainly does not look like the most talented Penn State team that we've seen in the last few years. There's going to be a lot of guys that need to step up. And most first and foremost, I think it starts with the forward group because Evan Barrett, gone. Liam Fulks gone. Nate Susi's gone. Dennis Smirnov gone. Nikita Pavlichev, gone. Brandon Biro, gone. They are all gone. Those six dudes alone accounted for 155 of Penn State's 339 points a year ago and 59 of the 121 goals. That is an absolute, absolutely bonkers amount of production to replace. And it's not that they haven't been able to replace guys in the past. They've, they've done a really great job of integrating young guys into the lineup and finding kind of the next wave of stars really every year. But this is a massive overhaul and i i think probably the biggest overhaul that they've had to go through um, especially on the offensive end uh, the good news is alex Lemoge is back he's a preseason first team all big 10 honoree i know going back to the days when we used to do this podcast all the time i remember doug you always said alex limoge that was your dude he was the one who was going to stand out uh, but aside from him how in the world is penn state going to replace what they lost
1: that's a you know that's a really good question and that's going to be one of i think the the two main ones to watch out for this season. He also another guy Blake Gober that's another forward who's gone and he yeah. he wasn't accounted on to, you know, score points like the like the six guys you mentioned, but that's seven forwards Gober was a was a really solid bottom six guy. That's seven forwards were all gone, but as you said Alex Lemosh he's the captain now. He had I believe the highest scoring season in Penn State hockey history uh surpassing Dennis Smirnov and st- That's really going to be it. It's going to be the leadership that's going to carry this team. Um, I I looked up the pronunciation guide earlier. I think it's Arne Talvitie, the the Finnish uh, upperclassman now, I believe, drafted by the New Jersey Devils. Uh, He was the captain for one of the the U18 or U20 uh, Finnish national teams. He's going to be a guy who's going to be accounted on to be a leader. Sam Sternstein, another really solid forward who's been around for a while. I think it's going to be those three guys and maybe a couple more who are going to be counted on to bring the leadership and the point scoring that they lost because they lost a lot.
0: Yeah, I think another interesting name too uh, that uh, Jacob mentioned in his five big questions for Penn State that we posted on the site a few days ago. Uh, Tim Daugherty, dowerty I'm not sure how you say it, uh, but grad transfer from Maine. He had 37 points in 34 games in 2019, so he seems like someone who might be able to come in and provide a little bit of an offensive boost um but yeah it's i agree it's those those names are obviously the big ones we saw sternshine had that one stretch where he had eight goals in seven games a year ago so we know that he's capable of putting the puck in the net um but then it's it's just a lot of young players that are going to be counted on you got guys like uh christian sarlo chase mcclain xander lampa connor mckeneman connor mckmeneman god that name is going to just destroy me all year connor great McKeneman. hockey name it is a fantastic hockey name. Uh, Tyler Grant, Kevin Wall, Tyler Paquette, Jared Westcott. There's just a, a lot of really like highly touted youngsters, but it's just it's so much youth. It's crazy.
1: Additionally, a guy to watch out for, Bobby Hampton, the junior forward who transferred yeah. from Northeastern. Seven points last year and 47 or seven points total in 47 games during two seasons. But this reminds me of a situation we've seen in the past. A guy who hadn't didn't put up a lot of points, wasn't really counted on Uh, Trevor Hamilton, when he came over from Miami of Ohio, as soon as he got on campus at Penn State without much of a – I mean, certainly not much of a prolific hockey career before getting to Penn State. As soon as he stepped on campus, he was the man, one of the best defensemen on the team, put up two – I believe two seasons where, I mean, scoring a ton of points, a ton of big hits, and really one of those game-changer type players. So like all the freshmen you mentioned and Tim Doherty, the grad transfer, Bobby Hampton's another name to watch out for
0: do you think that this offense, do you think in order for Penn state to make good on the preseason ranking to get to where they want to go this season? Do you think this offense needs to be as productive as they've been in the past?
1: Uh, It would make things easier. That's for sure. But there's, there's a player that we're going to talk about a little later that I think could, um, could take the pressure off of the offense. But yeah, the offense is going to need to put up some points this year. I just, at this point, I don't see how they're going to do it considering all the guys they left. At least they're not going to do it this year. They have a ton of youth that can maybe get to that level in the future. But, yeah, we're going to need some points, and it's not really clear yet other than from some of the veteran leaders where those points are going to come from.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really hoping that Telvidia is able to – take that step forward. I mean, he's, he's been, what he's been hurt. I think each of the last two years for good stretches of his time. So right. hopefully he's able to stay healthy. Cause he, he seems like he could be a really, really good player. I mean, he was a, I think a third round draft pick, so he's got talent.
1: Uh, it, I think it might've been closer to fifth or sixth, but he's still a very talented okay. guy just to have an NHL team take a chance on you. Um, you know, you've only got seven draft picks if you didn't make any trades. For one of those guys to be on your college hockey team, that's a big deal.
0: Speaking of NHL draft picks, let's flip over to the defensive side of the puck because...
1: Your favorite player, yeah. Pour
0: one out. My son, Cole Holtz, uh, (laughs) decided to sign an entry-level deal with his drafting team, the Kings. I don't remember what round he was originally drafted in, but uh, decided to sign with them this offseason. He was just an absolute monster in 2019. He was the Big Ten Player of the Year, obviously also took home Defensive Player of the Year honors. Uh, He had 30 points, which was fourth on the team. Just a massive loss losing him, and then kind of an under-the-radar loss on the defensive side. Chris Malari is gone as well. And, I mean, I I feel like Malari never really reached his full potential, but I feel like he was at Penn State for, like, the last – 12 years <laughs> so it, it'll definitely be weird to not see him out there um uh, what we do yeah, i think know,
1: had a bit of malari had a bit of jt barrett syndrome
0: yeah exactly uh we do know that paul denaples is back he looks like he's going to be the leader of the defense there we know that clayton phillips is back the minnesota transfer uh he's i he's somebody that i would be surprised if he didn't take another step forward but outside of those two guys again just like the offense there's a lot of questions here.
1: I think that's absolutely right. One of the biggest questions, like you said, we, Penn State has the number one guy. It's got, it's got Paul DeNaples, But uh, Jacob made his debut on the site the other day. He, he published an article called Five Big Questions Facing Penn State Men's Hockey. Definitely something you should check out. One of the questions was, well, who is it? Who's going to play with Paul DeNaples? He played with Cole Holtz. And as you said, Holtz had a monster year. And now he's with the Kings. He's in LA. He's in Hollywood. He's gone Hollywood. But to Naples, he needs a new partner. So that's going to be the question. Who is it? Clayton Phillips, like you said, that could be it. And there's a couple of freshmen who could maybe step up. But again, that's going to be one of those big questions. Just like with the offense, there's a ton of holes. Same thing on the defense. And we, I think it's pretty unclear right now who's going to step up.
0: Definitely some interesting names there, though. You have Christian Berger, who's Chase Berger's younger brother, so that's that's pretty fun. Uh, Jimmy Dow Jr. looks like he could be a player. Uh, you got Kenny Johnson, Jack Johnson's younger brother. It's it, it's funny that it, it's there's not many other sports actually there aren't any other sports co- college sports where you could have a guy who's the brother of a like. What, what's Jack Johnson like 15 years in the NFL now? He's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. just, that, that can't happen in any other sport other than hockey. So that's pretty funny. Uh, then you got guys like Mason Snell and then Evan Bell, Alex Stevens. They've both been around for a little bit, but haven't really, haven't really taken big steps forward. So there's definitely names there. But yeah, like, I mean, just replacing Holtz alone is a big deal. And this, they're definitely going to need some guys to step up
1: exactly and james james gobetts is another guy who who ate up some minutes at times yeah um and mason snell and clayton phillips played together last year but again what does that mean do you keep them bump them up from the third to the second pairing or, or keep them on the second pairing or do you put one with the naples and then you have to find a new partner for for these guys who have already been playing together so yeah same thing a lot of questions i for one as a flyers fan i love that uh Jack Johnson's brothers on the team because when Jack Johnson was in Pittsburgh, I was a huge fan of him and the way he played. (laughs) Oh, you, you
0: and every other Flyers fan out there. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. And I almost equally as important, I think as who's going to end up defending the net outside of the net is the guy who's actually going to be standing in the crease because believe it or not, Peyton Jones is finally gone. And I don't say that as a good thing. I I realized the tone I just said that made it sound like it's a good thing. Peyton Jones, who started the last four years, he's finally done in Happy Valley. It was a really, really successful four-year career. I don't have the numbers up here, but I feel pretty confident saying I'm sure he holds a whole host of just Big Ten records. Um, Because not only was he a great goalie, he had his moments of inconsistency, but really overall, he was a great goalie and he just played so much. So I'm sure he has every Penn state goalie record to speak of. And I'm sure he has a bunch of big 10 ones as well, but he's gone now. And all that's left now is Oscar audio who we've seen, and he's looked pretty impressive in some stretches, but he's only played, I think six games, if I remember correctly. So we don't really know that much about him. That's because Peyton Jones was such a horse while he was here, but then there's freshman Liam Solier. I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly, perhaps, you know, but Liam Solier from what I've seen, seems like he might be maybe, maybe Holtz or Barrett, maybe more highly touted. I'm not sure, but if not, the most highly touted recruit Penn State has gotten, one of them. And it sounds like he could be somebody who's going to be a multi year starter. So, what do you think Gadowski does here? Do you think he would be willing to give somebody with Solier's pedigree the chance to just kind of take this and run with it? Or do you think he's going to? Start off by alternating him in audio. What do you think is going to happen here?
1: Well, fortunately, hockey is is one of those sports where, uh, at least in the goalie position, there is a ton of rotation. So, benching a guy or or having different players start on back to back nights is not, you know, taken as as a slight as maybe starting a different quarterback in a different game may be. So, I expect the first couple of games of the season, and this is you know coming from someone who has barely watched audio and has not watched Soulier. Uh, I expect them to probably split time because audio, yes, he played five or six games and, you know, played really well. Soulier is going to be a freshman playing college hockey the first time. So who knows what to expect? So yeah, I I would, if I had to guess, I would say they are probably going to split time, but yeah, I expect Soulier to be the guy going forward, maybe a couple games into the season, or at least maybe by the halfway mark as they're approaching big 10 tournament or whatever the playoffs are going to look like. They have no idea yet. I expect you'd be the guy at the end of the season. Who's going to try to take them to a, to a, to a trophy.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Like you said, it's not at all abnormal to rotate goalies. So I, I would assume that they rotate to start and it it's, yeah. I mean, everything that we know about Soulier is that he, he just looks like a stud. So, I mean the prospect of having another four year starter, that sounds great. I'll take that. So, Hopefully, I mean, not that audio is any slouch either. I mean, if audio comes out this year and just is absolutely fantastic, then, hey, you, that's, this is, that's a great problem to have. And I know, uh, I'm trying to remember, whether it was Minnesota or Michigan State, one of them last year went through the entire season alternating goalies pretty much every night, and it was totally fine. Like, it's, it can work out no matter no matter what they decide to go with. But it's for me, I think that's going to be possibly the most interesting position battle to watch this year
1: absolutely and it, it's anybody's job till somebody goes out and wins it but this is kind of what I was talking about when we went over the forwards it'd be nice to have the forwards score a ton of points so we don't have to worry about defense win a bunch of five three games but I think Soulier if he if he is what you know we've heard about him then that could be the key to the season if Soulier could, could win games on his own if Penn State's offense doesn't really show up, but they can still win games 2-1, 1-0, because the goalie can, can you know steal one, that'd be great. And something interesting about him is that he comes from a league that Penn State's actually had a lot of luck with uh, or a lot of success with in the past. Um, you know, College hockey recruiting is not like really any other sport where the other sports, basketball and football, namely um, the recruits come from high school. Right. But in college hockey, these guys come in and they're freshmen when they're maybe 20 years old. They go from high school to the USHL or a Canadian uh, minor junior league. Mm-hmm. And Soulier is from the CCHL, which is where Andrew Sturz is from. So it's, it's not a league that you see a lot of guys really move on to the NHL or, or to higher levels. It's not one of the most highly touted uh, minor leagues. But Penn State's taken a, a flyer on a guy in the past. Ended up being one of the program's best players ever. They're doing it again, so let's see if Sullier can kind of follow the path that Andrew Sturtz carved out.
0: Yeah, and Sullier dominated in the CCHL. He was just unbelievable over there. So it, I mean it, it really seems like it's going to be a great fit. I'm I'm looking forward to watching him play. Um, before we move on to kind of my next question, I I don't know. Are is there any if this season is going to go the way that Penn State fans hope it's going to go, who are, I don't know, give me give me two names that you think we really need to see take their
1: play to the next level this year. That's a great question to the next level. I would think a guy like Alex Lemosh, but he's, he's kind of there. We know he's going to be yeah. probably the best forward. So I wouldn't say him. I think Talvitie. Yeah, I'd agree that. Like a guy up front who who has looked good but just had some bad injury luck. I think if he steps up and is you know a top two forward who's scoring you know, a point per game or above a point per game, that'd be a big deal. Um, Tim Doherty, I, I wouldn't say we can expect him to, to step up, seeing as this is going to be his only, only year at Penn State. He scored as many points as Nate Soucy's did last year, so if he can bring that, that'd be great. But I'll go with Telvita and Clayton Phillips. So if we can have a good if Penn State has a good number two defenseman to to support to Naples or if Phillips becomes, you know, a number one in that that's a dominant top pair, or they have two great defensemen on two different pairs, that could be a that could be a huge um huge benefit to the team. So I'll go Arntel VTA and Clayton Phillips.
0: Plus we'd get the added bonus of getting to know that Minnesota fans are having to watch Clayton Phillips blossom at, Bingo. at not Minnesota.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Uh, so I think the other thing that we need to talk about here when it comes to previewing the team itself this year is how it's going to be impacted by the lack of its home crowd. We've already seen Penn state football come out and look pretty lifeless in their two games inside an empty Beaver stadium. And I mean, I think it's pretty comparable the effect that Beaver stadium has compared to the effect that Pagoula has. Uh, they're, they're both really tough places for opponents to play and, it's worth asking the question of what this Penn State hockey team's energy levels are going to look like without the roar zone behind them. So do you think the lack of kind of upperclassmen leadership, I mean, there are upperclassmen, but it's not an upperclassmen heavy roster. Could, do you see them struggling at all to create or keep energy or keep momentum, things like that without the crowd behind them that they're accustomed to?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think I, I think I really do because I have I didn't look at the splits the last year or two, but I know in like the four years previous, Penn State had about a five hundred record on the road in a couple seasons, and then they would go like twenty and two at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now if that if that home ice advantage, I mean obviously still the other team's gonna have to travel, Penn State won't have to travel and they're gonna be familiar with the ice, it's where they practiced. But the crowd is the biggest is the biggest X factor when it comes to a home team versus an away team. So with no roar zone, no, nobody else in the stands, I really think that advantage it's going to be gone. And I mean, I I can't put a number on it, but I think Penn state would win a lot more games at home with, with that crowd.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be really telling the first time that they go down in a game at home and just seeing how they respond. I think that's going to be very, Indicative of what we can expect from them for the rest of the year. Uh, before we continue, because I made a joke about empty stadiums, I am required by law to make a joke about how well-equipped Penn State basketball is to handle the upcoming <laughs> empty arena, because that's what they're used to anyway. Hey-oh! Okay. Nice. Um, now that we've talked a little bit about the team, let's just do a quick little look-ahead, because we do have Phase 1 of the schedule. Now, it is not an easy Phase 1, Penn State is set to face, uh, like we said, Penn State number nine in the USHO uh, preseason poll. They're set to face number 14, Minnesota. Then they're set to face Wisconsin. Both of those are on the road. And Wisconsin, if the USCHO poll went to 25 teams, they would be number 25. Uh, Number 12, Michigan at home. And then number 15, Arizona State at home. Arizona State, if you're not aware, uh, will be playing the entirety of their season on the road in the Big Ten which is cool because next year when they open their brand new beautiful hockey arena, we'll get to go and visit that. So that'll be cool. Uh, given the sorry, I'm like, given the uh, toughness, or for lack of a better term, of the opening of the opening schedule here. What do you think are some realistic expectations for this young team? starting this abnormal season especially on the road in their first two series against tough opponents what do you think is a reasonable expectation for these first eight games whether it's whether you want to talk record wise or just kind of overall achievement like what should we what we want to see from the offense that kind of
1: stuff well first of all i love that arizona state's going to be uh playing in the big 10 this year so if, if anyone's listening just, who hasn't just been put them in the
0: conference permanently exactly it'd be so much fun
1: if anyone's listening who hasn't been following Big Ten hockey, Notre Dame's in the conference, Arizona State's playing in the conference, but they're not in the conference. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. But you brought up the USCHO, USCHO poll, which is pretty interesting. And as you said, Penn State's number nine, Michigan's twelve. Um, I think Ohio State's up there as well. But Nick, did you see the the Big Ten coaches preseason poll?
0: Yes, Penn State was. Ooh, I forget. What did it? Dead they last. Yeah, that's right. Penn State it's... was dead
1: last. So they're the top Big Ten team in the USCHO poll, but Big Ten coaches rank them as the last team. So somebody's, somebody's lying or somebody knows something <laughs> that the other group doesn't know. So kind of, I mean, I, I kind of have my own expectations of the team, but measuring that with what you know, national writers and with what the Big Ten coaches say, I think this Penn State team is, I don't expect them to be all season, you know, a contender for the Big Ten title. But I think a middle of the pack, three to five finishes is kind of my expectation. So I hope in the first eight games, five and three, four and four, I think that'd be good. But the most important thing I think is to um, figure out who your, who your best players are. Get some good line combinations together. Figure out if Audio or Soulier is going to be the starter going forward and kind of figure out where everybody fits in the roster. I think that's the goal, and if you can go 500 in the first eight games while making certain changes, I think that's a pretty pretty good expectation.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I For me, four and four would absolutely be a victory for those first eight, just to even split down the middle, whether it's a split in every series or whatever it is. I think going 500 in the first eight would be great. If audio or Sully or if one of them or both of them is able to be dominant right out of the gate, and sure, maybe I'll – Feel a little better about hoping for five or six wins in the first eight, but i I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous about having an inexperienced goaltender and an inexperienced offense i Penn state's always i mean well for Penn state nine times out of ten it's been the offense has carried the way but hmm. it's you, you need one of those sides to step up you a hot goaltender can carry you or a hot offense can can uh, carry you, but you need one so if one side of that equation can step up, I'll feel better. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's a lot of uncertainty for me to predict anything better than four and four. And I'd, I'd be perfectly happy with four and four. And like you said, I'd just a little more clarity on kind of who, who the main playmakers are going to be, who, who's going to be the guy that steps up next to the Naples, whatever it is, just more clarity would be great in these first eight.
1: Absolutely. So I do, have, I do have a quick question now. A couple of years ago, in these guy's freshman year, I think you and I made some pretty good calls, kind of before the season even started. I said, Alex Limoge, watch out for him. And then look what happened. Became the captain a couple of years later. Led yeah. the team, scoring a bunch of times. No big deal. You had a similar take. Cole Holtz, you said he'd be the guy. That worked out. So if you had to pick a player, probably a freshman on this team, to watch out for over his, his career at Penn State, who do you think is going to step up and be maybe future captain or, or flirting with being the, the leading scorer on the team? Who, who are some mm. an, who's a name or some names to watch out for?
0: That is a really great question. I, from what I've seen and from what I heard from Jacob, I, I like, I think I like Xander Lampa.
1: Oh, I that think, was mine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I, i'll 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 come up with a backup too while you explain why but he i don't know he call it a gut thing i just i to me he kind of seems like he seems like that guy i think he could i think we wouldn't be at all surprised to see him eventually pick up that pick up the a on the jersey and be a solid goal scorer and while you while you explain i'm gonna find another one also
1: well i'm just i'm just really it's based off of kind of how a lot of these guys looked in the USHL, that's the most common league a lot of these players are graduating from. So I think Xander Lampa, who led Waterloo in points last year, um, big guy, 6'1", 205. I think he's, he's a player to watch out for and my backup, and hopefully I'm not going to steal yours. Christian Sarlo, another high-scoring guy, uh, second on the team playing for Lincoln last year, which uh, the Lincoln Stars, I believe, that's where Peyton Jones and a couple other players, uh, Penn State players in the past have come from. So I think Lampa and Sarlo, a couple guys to watch out for.
0: Okay. Uh, he's not a freshman, but Connor McMenamin, who I'm I'm going to make sure that I say his name correctly from now on, uh, he, I know he he was decent enough last year. Let me let me pull it up here. He had... McMenamin, McMenamin, McMenamin. He had 12 points in his game. He had four goals, eight assists, 12 points. You know, I mean, he... I, I remember seeing him a bit. I, I didn't get to watch the team a ton last year, honestly, but I didn't, I remember, I remember seeing him flash a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to go with him as my other, as my other pick. And I, I would love to kind of pick a defender too, to kind of be my next call. Holtz, but I'm not sure there's one that stands out to me yet. Possibly, possibly Jimmy Dowd, possibly Jimmy Dowd.
1: Yeah. That's, and that's, that's uh, Jim Dowd jr. Um, Son of the, uh, you know, NHL player, the former NHL player. A couple other guys to watch out for. These aren't these aren't going to be my picks, but two forwards coming onto the team uh, were drafted. One was drafted two years ago. One was just drafted this past summer, spring. Or no, that draft just happened, didn't it? But uh, yeah. Chase McLean was just drafted in the seventh round by Nashville. Kevin Wall was drafted last year in the sixth round by Carolina. Two other guys who are going to be freshmen this year to uh, keep an eye on for sure.
0: And Chase McClain, if I'm looking up and down here, he'll be the. No, he won't be the. He won't be the biggest forward. Tyler Paquette will be the biggest forward, but he's close.
1: At six three, which is a bit of a difference from Nikita yeah. Pavlichev, who's what six seven, six eight. Played played the last four years. Six seven and seven two on skates. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh man! I no matter what I it's it's going to be a fun season to watch no matter what happens if for no other reason than there are all the i mean i don't think it was necessarily a struggle just now to think of which guy i want to pick out because i don't know who's gonna be good i think it's just because there's a lot of really interesting names on this roster so it's going to be fun to watch these freshmen develop oh absolutely well i don't know do you have anything else to add here doug
1: yeah let's 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 get some crazy takes out what do you think uh even though only phase 1 of the schedule's out i guess how the big Ten's rolling it out is mm. i mean in phases so penn state knows the 8 games it's going to play to start the season and i guess at some point in the coming weeks they're going to roll out another certain number of games so we don't even know how many games are in the season but what do you think nick where of the 7 teams in the big 10 where does penn state end up
0: hmm. i my gut says oh it actually here the apparently the Big Ten tournament is set for March eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, according to the Go PSU schedule page. Okay, I, I don't know how reliable that is, but um, I right now I'm going to go ahead and slot them fifth in the conference. I think I think that they have the talent to be more, but I have a hard time picking a team with such really again pretty synonymous with football. I have a hard time picking a team with so much inexperience and so much young talent to have things put together right away enough to kind of build that lead you need to to make a real dent in the top of the conference, just because it this has been anything but a normal year. And you just you you haven't had the same opportunities to kind of find your place in the roster and just on the team in general. And you're not starting with any sort of tune up games at all. You're you're going straight into playing Minnesota. Like that's that's pretty much as tough as it gets a uh, at least in the at least in the big ten. So I'm gonna go ahead and say fifth. I think it's a team that could do more, but I, I do feel comfortable saying fifth is about their floor.
1: I I think that's that's pretty good. I'm thinking somewhere four to six. I'll say fourth just to be optimistic, but really I think to get higher than that you need a guy like Liam Soulier or some of the some of the uh, new players to really have a crazy season. Nobody can really expect to get up to one or two. At least that's that's my take on the issue. But I mean, look at the look at Penn State football. We were expecting them to be maybe the second best team in the Big Ten going into the season. Now they're going to go zero and eight. Penn State <laughs> ranked ranked last in the Big Ten before the season. They're probably going to go thirty whatever and zero and and win the <laughs> conference easy. So not worried about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Honestly, if if Soulier is or audio whoever. If they are able to, I think this year more than any, good goaltending is going to be the true equalizer because no, there's no team that's going to be totally prepared. It doesn't matter how many returners you have coming back. Nobody is going to be totally prepared for what this season is going to bring. So if you can have a lockdown goaltender, that's going to make a big difference. So if Soulier can prove to be the guy that people think he might be, then yeah, I mean, Penn
1: State absolutely could go on a run. I think that sounds good. And we're also forgetting maybe the biggest difference maker. I don't think we've said his name yet. Head coach Guy Gadowski, one of the best coaches in college hockey. If anybody can get this team ready, I think he might be the guy. So that's another reason for optimism.
0: Very true. Any other uh, hot take type questions you want to get out there?
1: Um, I'll let you know if I think of them, but for now, I think, I think that's
0: it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Roar lions radio, the puck podcast today. Uh, once again, Penn state season set to begin on Thursday, November 19th at 8 30 PM Eastern time at the university of Minnesota. The game is going to be on big 10 network, which is nice. All four of the first four games are all going to be on big 10 network, um, probably surely some of that has to do with the fact that they're thursday friday monday tuesday a little easier to (laughs) get them on the network when you're not on a weekend um but yeah well you know we don't have a we don't have a time for oh sorry we, we do have a time for that puck drop we don't what we don't have is the rest of the schedule yet uh but we'll be sure to let you know once we do have that and who knows we might be back on the podcast next week to even break down minnesota a little bit more we'll see we're gonna do our best to be consistent with the puck podcast this year because we're fired up about hockey being back and no, it does not have anything to do with football being terrible this year. Uh, but make sure you go ahead and visit Royal all throughout the season to catch all of our hockey coverage. Uh, we're really invigorated with that this year. We, we've got a bunch of new hockey writers on staff, uh, a lot of great mix of experience. And we got guys who want to focus on the numbers and guys who want to focus on the narrative. And then we have Doug, who is just, the all-around superstar. Uh, I'm just hanging out. I don't know. <laughs> so make sure you keep visiting RoarLinesRoar.com. Check the hockey page. Keep up with all of our content. Keep up with this podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're everywhere. And if you're interested in supporting the site in other ways, you can always visit our store and buy a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Maybe we'll put something new for hockey up on there this uh, this winter. We'll see.
1: Uh, I'm, but wearing, I think that's, I'm wearing a RLR T-shirt and a sweatshirt right now. So soft, I can't even believe it.
0: I'm wearing my bunch of fighters shirt right now. It's one of my favorites. I was just wearing my ruining college hockey shirt yesterday. There, yeah, they're, I got hoodies
1: on, and then I got the uh, the uh, Keystone with the stripe down the middle. You Perfect.
0: can't, you can't beat them. That's store line store if you're interested. Uh, but like I said, we'll be back to talk hockey again at a later date. But that's gonna do it for today. So for myself, Nick Pollock, and my co-host Doug Leeson, thanks for listening. Go state. Our theme song is Anita Bake by Kamwick. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud.